For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. guys, I am Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, this is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to follow me on social media on Twitter at Monica Crowley and on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore for news about me and this podcast please check it out. Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this podcast at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. I'm getting a ton of emails from you guys. So thank you so much. I may read one of your emails on the air. We're certainly going to do emails later in the show. So please hop on your email account. Send me uh, what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, today I want to deal with a number of things. Uh, I want to talk about the impending red wave, maybe. It's certainly looking pretty good for Republicans this year based on all of the trend lines and the poll numbers that we're seeing and uh, election results that we're already getting in from across the country. But there's still a way that they can blow it. And they gave us an indication this week of how Republicans might blow it. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk with President Trump's favorite pollster, John McLaughlin, about where the country is right now and the races to watch. We talk a lot about the U.S. Senate, a lot about the House going Republican, and all of that looks to be the case. But, you know, Republicans never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. 
They used to say that about Yasser Arafat and the Palestinians. Every single time there was a peace deal that was given to them on a silver platter, the Palestinians would find a way to torpedo it. Well, same thing applies to the Republicans as well. They never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. So uh, we don't want to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory here. So we're going to sort of take all of this apart. And John McLaughlin, by the way, is President Trump's favorite pollster. So he's going to join us here in a couple of minutes. And of course, your emails all straight up. First up, though, the Monica memo, because we ain't got time to bleed. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. That clip is from the movie Predator. Jesse Ventura plays a commando, and he's hit in combat. And he says, you can hear one of his uh, fellow commanders say, hey, you're bleeding. And he goes, I ain't got time to bleed. Well, that's us right now. We ain't got time to bleed. There's so much coming at us right now, and uh, we're going to get into all of it. Uh, first, though, the Monica memo, I want to talk about uh, justice, well, soon to be justice. She's going to be sworn in, I guess, in, in June, uh, when the outgoing Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer leaves the bench. Katanji Brown-Jackson, she was confirmed yesterday by the full Senate. Um, She is going to be a solidly reliable vote for her side, unlike so many of the losers on our side. And yes, I am talking about Chief Justice John Roberts, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, um, all of these people that we went to the mat for and fought to the death for and pushed back on the far left for, I'm sorry, they get on the court and then they vote with the liberals constantly. And it's not just on the Supreme Court. You see conservative appointed judges all across the country and they do the same damn thing over and over again. The conservatives who are appointed by Republican presidents constantly go off the reservation and join with the liberals just because Or in John Roberts' case, he said, oh, I'm so concerned about the integrity of the institution of the Supreme Court. So therefore, I'm going to join with Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan and and, uh, whatever other liberal might be on the court. I'm going to join with them because, you know, the integrity of the court is at stake. No, I'm sorry. Your job is to protect and defend the Constitution and interpret the law, not make the law, not be a politician, not want the Washington Post and New York Times to like you and not write bad stuff about you. That's your job. Your job is to sit above politics. That's why you have a lifetime appointment. Your job is to interpret the law. You want the law changed? Great. Go to your legislature, go to Congress, go to your governor, get the law changed. But if the law stands as it is, your job as a judge, your job as a Supreme Court justice is to make sure the law is interpreted. That's what rule of law is all about. But instead, constantly Republican presidents believe what they are told It's not necessarily their fault all the time that they appoint these losers, but, you know, they're they're told, hey, this person is a great judge, conservative ideology, strict constitutionalist, great, the president, whether it's, you know, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, Donald Trump, 
okay, they take the recommendation at face value that this person is going to lead lead in the court uh, in conservative values, be a strict constitutionalist, apply the law. That's it. And they say, okay, if you're telling me this person is this, I'm taking a look at their judicial record, their judicial temperament. I'm looking at recommendations coming in. Everybody is standing up for these people. Great. Let's let's nominate this person. And then that person gets on the court and votes the other way. Not all the time, but just enough to make a difference, right? Just enough to make a difference to screw us, what we believe, and the rule of law. I just want to point out the other side never does this. This is why I'm saying that soon-to-be Justice Jackson will be a solidly reliable vote for her side because they never wander off the reservation, ever, ever. Unless you get a pretty straightforward case where you get a unanimous vote on the court, nine zip, where they all vote together. That's a different thing. But on the issues that we really care about, and it's a a very close run thing, you can count on one of our losers to vote with the other side and throw the whole thing off. The other side never, ever does this, ever. They always stick together. And when you have one liberal that might wander off the reservation, you better believe there is hell to pay. Fire and brimstone comes down on them from every direction, from political leaders, from the media, from academia, you name it, from the culture, movie stars, they're all tweeting. And holy hell breaks loose when one of them dares to stick their head up and and try to do what's right. Boom, boom, all hell breaks loose. So of course they never do it. They have much, much better message discipline, party discipline, ideological discipline than our side. Much better. We need to take a page out of their playbook. Look, this is one of the big reasons why Donald Trump was so effective and so popular. Because our side is like, listen, we need a fighter who's not going to wander off the reservation. Not wanting to be liked by, you know, left wingers all across the culture and in the press who doesn't give a flying wit about any of that, that was Donald Trump. It's Governor DeSantis, too. There's a new breed of Republicans coming along, but until we can fully replace all of these pathetic rhinos on our side, we have a ways to go to do that. And in the meantime, uh, we got to make sure that their careers end. Speaking of these rhino losers... Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Mitt Romney of Utah all voted to confirm Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. So the Democrats all stuck together, all 50 votes, boom, no one off the reservation there. And then our three losers, Collins, Murkowski, and Romney, voting to confirm Jackson to the court. This woman, this judge, has repeatedly given lenient, way too lenient, very soft sentences to child predators, child sexual abusers. And she's like, oh, well, I guess it was in line with the guidance. No, it wasn't. She went out of her way to accommodate child predators. To me, there is no more evil um, 
uh, crime than violence, sexual abuse, a- any kind of predation on a child. To me, there's nothing more evil than that. And this judge went out of her way to accommodate child predators, child pornographers, I mean, over and over again, not just a one-shot deal, over and over again, this judge did that. And in fact, there was one particular case where she was lenient, where the perpetrator actually tortured a toddler, a baby, tortured the child, and she was lenient on that predator. There's no excuse for this whatsoever. So she's going to do the exact same thing on the Supreme Court, exact same thing. We've made a way now. We've made a pathway now. And you can say, well, the Democrats are what they are, and so of course they were going to vote for her. Okay. But what is the excuse of Collins, Murkowski, and Mittens? What's their excuse for approving this woman because she's a woman of color and they don't want to be called a racist? I'm sorry. When she gets on the Supreme Court and starts affecting uh, federal law on on, uh, sentencing for child predators, where are they going to be? They're going to be nowhere. They're going to be in their, their mansion somewhere, totally protected. Meanwhile, your child, your children are going to be more exposed, more vulnerable, because she is now on the Supreme Court. Thanks to the likes of these three. They are disgusting. And you know what? This vote for soon-to-be Justice Jackson, that vote should be a career-ending vote. And Mitt Romney, don't get me started on Mitt Romney. I want my 2012 presidential vote back. I do. I am sick of him. I I want him crushed. I find him pathetic. All of them, really. But Romney in particular, who always talked a good game about being a solid conservative and a devout Mormon, nonsense. It's all bull. He's lying to us from the beginning. You know, the Black Lives Matter selfie that he did when they were burning down cities. Oh, look at my street cred. Here's my selfie with the Black Lives Matter out in the streets. Mitt Romney, who's the whitest guy alive, okay, doesn't give a flying wit about any of this. Here's my selfie with BLM, power to the people. He is a hypocritical a-hole, and he deserves to be crushed. All of these, all of these rhinos should be primaried to within an inch of their lives. Enough with this nonsense. No more. No more Democrat light. No more wolves in sheep's clothing. We are done. This is the new right. The new right. You know what these three also have in common? It struck me because I was thinking about all three. Romney is kind of in a separate category, but all three... All three of them, and, and really rhinos in every direction, they operate like it's 1996. Like it's the same old weak Republican Party. Like the old go-along-to-get-along, smoke-filled room BS is still the way Republicans do business, and the, the voters aren't the wiser. Well, I talk about the new right. I am the new right. You are the new right. We are all the new right. And these losers are still operating thinking like, oh, the voters don't, you know, they don't mind if we still operate like establishment Republicans and, you know, want the the press fawning over us. They'll they'll get over it. Uh Uh-uh. Wrong. 
We are in a completely different universe now, and the new right is not tolerating these people anymore. We will crush you. I am Monica Crowley. Let's hit a quick break. More on the other side, including we're going to have a chat with John McLaughlin about where we are in the country in terms of what he's seeing in the polls. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I am so happy to welcome to the program my friend, John McLaughlin. John is the CEO of McLaughlin & Associates, which is a leading national polling and strategy company. John is also a pollster extraordinaire. And in fact, I do believe he is President Trump's favorite pollster. So I'm delighted to welcome you, John. Thanks for being here. Thank you for that that great introduction. Uh, Pressure's on now with the upcoming elections in the United States, that's for sure. Well, and certainly with President Trump, John, because I know every once in a while he gives you a big shout out and says the incredible, the unbelievable pollster, John McLaughlin. So I'm sure you're feeling the pressure from him, too. Well, a a lot of times during the 2016 campaign, when people said we couldn't win Hillary, there was a electoral lock for Hillary, et cetera. And uh, uh, and also in 2020, I was telling him the polls were much closer than the media was saying. And I used to get regularly beat up by people like Chris Cuomo on CNN because they had us down 14 points. Where I was like, no, it's close, dead even. Or I beat up the Washington Post because the Washington Post the week out. There was one time in uh, the 2020 election where uh, 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 Washington Post put out a poll saying we were down 17 in Wisconsin. And the president had been up all night doing rallies in Nevada, and, and he was calling me at 6 o'clock in the morning his time from Las Vegas. And he says, what's with this poll? How's this down 17 points? And I was saying to him that poll it's a typically fake, bad poll in the media because it has eight points more Democrats and Republicans, and Wisconsin's 
usually a toss up. I said they had some other things where they were, had more urban voters than they should have. And I said, uh, it's a bad poll. And he said they would do this. And I said, absolutely. And I said, do you know why? Because the election day during COVID, they know that they have the mail-in ballots, that they've ballot harvested, the Democrats have them. They know that they've got an edge right now. And on election day, if our voters don't come, they'll win Wisconsin. So you have to rally the voters there to go out and vote, even though it may be cold weather, even though you know there's COVID going on, they, they have to make sure that they get out and vote on election day, even if there's lines, they have to wait, make sure they vote. And so the president got it right away that basically they were trying to suppress our vote with bad polls. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, in the end, out of over 3 million votes in Wisconsin, uh, Biden was up by 20,000 votes. And there's a lot of, uh, there's right now a lot of uh, in investigation going back into that election where judges were saying that certain ballots were, you know, d unconstitutional, not done right. You had people that were saying they were permanently disabled to get mail-in ballots when mm -hmm. they weren't. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, you know, so we just, John, we just spoke to David Bossy, who's got a new documentary out called Rigged. Uh, and he okay. and Molly Hemingway also, they've done extraordinary work on digging into Mark Zuckerberg and the nearly half a billion dollars that Zuckerberg put into states like Wisconsin in order to get that exact result. So, you know, I'm hoping that this time around and going into 24, we are far better prepared that we are on to what the left is doing. But I want to really dig into uh, where the country is right now and get a sense from you of that uh, because you're polling across the country. You know, John, we hear a lot about a red wave coming in November during the midterm elections. Is that what you are seeing right now? Well, we do a monthly poll that we publish and we put up on our website, mclaughlinonline.com. And uh, the one we did at the, just the last week in April that we released, uh, pardon me, the last week in March that we released, um, had 65% of all voters saying the country's on the wrong track. Only 29% said right direction. And uh, Joe Biden, for three months in a row, he had only a 41% job approval. He had a 57% disapprove. And it, he, you know, people said to me, oh, gee, you know, uh, in his State of the Union, don't, don't you think that was a good speech? I had reporters call me up saying, wasn't that a good speech? Don't you think his numbers will go up? And I said, Maybe until you go out and buy gas or go to a supermarket and then, you know, it'll just disappear because yeah. what's amazing about these numbers is the, the wrong direction for the country, the 65 percent wrong track. Uh, it's it's, you know, independence, 71 percent. And uh, with women, it's 67 percent. And what's interesting in the economy is it getting worse or getting better 70% of all voters said the economy is getting worse. Yeah. And it was higher, 73% with women. So that the, the red wave that could happen, I mean, it's like, you know, over 200 days till election day, uh, but it's happening. And the Democrats, how do they reverse their policies where you have an open border, you have a crime wave across the country, you have double digit inflation, uh, you have national international insecurity, because Biden last year surrendered to Afghanistan, and now he's not capable of stopping Russia from invading Ukraine and threatening our NATO allies. So it could get worse for the Democrats, and they really have to think about turning their policies around.
We're talking to John McLaughlin, who is one of the nation's premier pollsters, and he's a Republican pollster, but he's got a great, great handle on what is going on across the country. You know, it's interesting you mentioned right track, wrong track, number two-thirds, sometimes more of Americans believe the country is on the wrong track. That, in addition to Joe Biden's plummeting job approval numbers, those two things have Democrats really worried, right? Right, because it's combining where the generic ballot for Congress, we haven't seen this number, you know, like 1994 delivered a poll in September before the election to the the Republican leadership. And there was Newt Gingrich, who was was the whip, and I was saying, we're going to win the House because we're up seven. Right now, we're up four. This is higher than it was going into 2010 or 2014, where we had really good midterm elections. And of the 8%, that tells us they're undecided because we've got 48% saying they'll vote for nationally. We'll vote for a Republican for Congress, only 44 for a Democrat. Of the 8% that's undecided, uh, 75% think the country's on the wrong track and 70% disapprove the job that Biden's doing. So you have a hidden vote there. So the Republicans, if it was today, we would get a majority vote for Congress of over 50% for the Republicans. And we would absolutely take over the House, probably take over the Senate, but it's over 200 days from now. And uh, the, what's even more more telling is that in our presidential matchups, hypothetical matchups, President Trump leads Joe Biden, he leads uh, Kamala Harris, and he leads Hillary Clinton by 10 points. Yeah, I by mean, a lot. I wish, by a lot. I Trump, wish the election was tomorrow. <laughs> so, does, so does Donald Trump, <laughs> John. So does John. He must be thrilled with those numbers. Talk a little bit. Let's talk about the House and then the Senate when you say that we're definitely, well, I, I mean, assuming all these races are clean and these trends continue. Talk about the, the possible numbers of pickup in the House as well as in the Senate, because I've heard that we could pick up four to six seats in the Senate and upwards of like possibly 60 seats in the House. Right. It's it's possible. And your, your point about the Democrats are fighting tooth and nail. They're in the, in the you know, they they pulled a really tough redistricting plan in New York that's now in the courts. And but they, they basically were knocking us down from eight seats in New York to four. And uh, uh, the same thing, in, you know, in Illinois and California with very tough plans. Plus, they're trying to, you know, still allow ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots, kind of like Newsom did to make sure he didn't get recalled in California for yes. governor. Uh, he had he mailed everybody a ballot and he would even let you uh, download it and print it and send it in. Um, and you had people, some guy was caught with, you know, guns and drugs and hundreds of mail-in ballots in his car because he was collecting them for the Democrats. So, uh, uh, you know, so they're fighting us in a lot of these states, like in Georgia, where they fix the election law to require, you know, voter ID for in-person voting plus uh, absentee ballots. And they've secured the drop boxes that Zuckerberg had paid for uh, with non-government employees and Democrat operatives. They, they now have in Georgia drop boxes in government buildings that they're observed and you don't have somebody going in there dropping off, you know, tens or scores or hundreds of ballots that, you know, may or may not have been filled out by certain people. So, uh, so it's, it's like they're fighting us in all these States to try to keep the, the, the kind of, uh, uh you know, uh, ballot harvesting and possible, uh, allowing for election fraud the way they had in 2020. And the Republicans are fighting them in a lot of places where, like in New York, for example, in New York, deep blue New York, last November, the Conservative Party in New York had a campaign 
to defeat three propositions. One was to allow to county legals in redistricting. Another prop three was to allow same day registration in a state where they don't, they're, they're not allowed to ask you for voter ID. And, and a third one was uh, uh, they had a proposition to uh, uh, have uh, no excuse absentees continue that. And the majority of voters in New York in the electorate and the same day that they were electing a, a mayor in New York City, uh, they voted uh, 56% to uh, 54% no on all three of those. I know. Uh, Incredible. Ballots. Incredible. And it's because we, we fought, made an issue of election integrity matters more than these Democrats with these phony claims about, you know, ballot access. I mean, every American that's a legal citizen can vote. And you, you're not seeing uh, you're not seeing complaints from people saying I was denied my vote. But what you are hearing is still doubts from the 2020 election where there is no voter ID. You have these ballots who there's no signature verification. There's, you know, they're being cured by Democratic workers. And, uh, you know, you just wonder about uh, the, the, you know, the, the integrity of the election when the Democrats are, you know, they're so in trouble in the polls. They're trying to, you know, play play every you know, loophole to kind of. Of course, they, they can't win. Yeah, they can't win fair and square and that their ideas suck. So, of course, they've got to try to steal and rig these elections. But it's amazing in deep blue states like you mentioned, New York, voters have had enough on both sides, yeah. on all sides. And they're saying, you know what, we got to have integrity in these elections or we have no country. So you are seeing that trend. We're talking to John McLaughlin, the pollster, of course. And, um, you know, getting back to the Senate, John, I noticed mm-hmm. I saw a recent poll in Georgia, showing Herschel Walker beating Raphael Warnock uh, by about four points. Also, you know, Mark Kelly in Arizona is up for re-election this year. He was elected two years Mm -hmm. ago in a special election. They seem, he and Kirsten Sinema seem to be backing off from a lot of left-wing positions because they're seeing some of these poll numbers too. So it's entirely possible that we could have not just flip the Senate, but we could have a serious pickup. Yes. And, and it's kind of like 1980 with Ronald Reagan, for those of us who remember. But the uh, but what you're seeing is you're seeing like and, and granted, I poll for a lot of these candidates. So like in Arizona, I'm polling for Jim Lehman, who's moved ahead in the uh, in the Republican primary. But that's in August to run against Mark Kelly. But Mark Kelly's in serious trouble because they've had an open border since Biden became president. And, uh, you know, you have problems with crime and immigration in Arizona and they're right there on the border. And it, and it looks like it's going to get worse uh, because the Biden administration wants to, you know, repeal the, the COVID mandates that they would send people back, uh, that the Border Patrol had these legal, you know, yes. ability to. Yes, to take Title 42. Back. Right. And, and uh, so Jim Lehman's doing very well in Arizona. And then you have Herschel Walker is ahead in Georgia. The Democrats are hitting him pretty hard with ads, but he's getting double digit support from African-Americans. He's winning among white voters and independents. And uh, that's going to be ground zero for uh, uh, the November election for the Senate. So one last question for you, John, where are the independents? Have they really hemorrhaged away from the Democrats because they're going to be the key constituency for this year in 24? Absolutely. Um, the independents have have really turned on the Democrats because they're seeing failure around them in terms of the economy, inflation, security, crime. And uh, um, 
the independents are basically when we see them for Congress, you know, nationally, uh, they're 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 voting for the Republicans, um, where where they're forty four to thirty four prefer a generic Republican for Congress, uh, and they have a sixty three percent disapproval of Joe Biden. Mm. So it could go even higher. The, the strength of and, and we're seeing it in elections around the country, like. Uh, even for school boards in Wisconsin, they're supporting Republican elected yes. candidates and special elections in New York. Uh, the, the Republicans are winning just like they were uh, last year. It is. It's so, quite uh, it's quite incredible, John, uh, what we're seeing here. And we're going to bring you back at another point in time to, to ask you if Republicans are really capitalizing on all this momentum. John McLaughlin, CEO of McLaughlin and Associates. He is a pollster extraordinaire, President Trump's favorite pollster. John, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Monica Crowley. Sit tight. Welcome back. I am Monica Crowley. So happy to have you here on the podcast. And we're talking about, uh, before we spoke to John there, um, and those promising signs look very, very encouraging for us going into the next elections uh, and going forward. But again, assuming that these elections are clean, which is another big assumption, and we've begun on this podcast talking about election integrity, we're going to continue talking about election integrity uh, going forward. But I want to get back to what we were talking about at the top of the podcast, which is uh, the need to crush rhinos. Everywhere they they pop up their ugly little heads, we are going to crush them. We are going to primary them. We are going to drive them from office. We are now the new right. And any Republican who talks a good game during a campaign, I'm a conservative, I'm a populist, I love Trump, I'm one of you, and then gets into office and says, screw all of that, I'm going to stick it to all of you, and I'm going to represent... Uh, you know, I'm going to represent New York City rather than Utah, like in the case of Mitt Romney. Um, We are going to destroy you electorally. We are going to undermine you. We're going to run against you, and we are going to take you out because there is no time for any of this. Like we say, I ain't got time to bleed. We ain't got time to bleed here. And so anybody who thinks that they can still operate and party like it's 1996, you're gone. You're out of here. Sorry. Done. Done. This is a new way of doing business. We have a wholly different attitude. We've got a wholly different approach to how we look at candidates and the party and the movement. Donald Trump inspired all of this. He's the one who created this, and we have him to thank Meanwhile, all these rhinos like Romney and Murkowski and Collins, who voted for Judge Jackson for the court, they all act like Donald Trump never happened, right? They all are wandering around pretending, I guess it's wishful thinking, pretending like Donald Trump never happened. Why? Because they want Trump to never have happened, Their lives were a lot easier. Their lives politically were so much better when Donald Trump was not on the scene. So they hate him. Of course, they hate him personally. And they hate the America First movement that he created. And so therefore, they hate all of us. Remember when Trump once said, Actually, he's said this multiple times, and I wish he would say it more because to me it's one of the most effective things that he says. 
Trump always says, um, when he gets to it, he says, they came after me because they're coming after you. They're attacking me because they're attacking you. They hate me because they hate you. And I think that is all true. And usually he's referring to the left, right? The media, the Democrats, and so on. But I think it also applies to these rhinos, whether it's Romney, Murkowski, Collins, or on the House side, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger. There are others. They genuinely hate us. They do not represent us. They do not represent what we believe or our passion for America and our desire to save this country. They don't represent any of that. They don't even get it. They don't get it. So they're all out there blowing through life, pretending Trump didn't happen on the one hand, and then on the other hand, trying to destroy him so he can't come back. They all have this wishful thinking um, as their like approach to, to everything. The problem for them is that Donald Trump did happen and nothing, and I mean nothing, is the same. We are awake, not woke, we are awake, and we are on to all of them with their pathetic groveling to the left, like Romney's selfie at the BLM march. This wealthy, privileged white guy, all power to the people, please, please. We see through all of their BS, their cosplay, We see them for the sellouts that they are. And you know what? They know, we know who and what they are. And they don't care. They don't care. They don't care at all. They're in their cushy Senate seats. They don't care about us at all. Let's talk about uh, how the Democrats uh, can beat the Republicans and how the, the GOP can still blow it. And they can. So we talked to McLaughlin earlier. He was laying out how it does look like this is going to be uh, a red wave. And it it could very well be probably in spite of the Republicans and not just the rhinos that we've been talking about, but, but others. I mean, the Republicans, again, never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And they did again this week in the confirmation process for Judge Jackson to the court. Okay, They showed us in the Senate, the Republican caucus showed us how they can still lose. The Republicans were given 30 hours for post-cloture debate on the nomination of Judge Jackson. Okay, 30 hours. Both sides get 30 hours. Every single one of the Republican senators went along with a much briefer discussion of her radical record, the leniency on child predators, her obscene judgment on all of this, rather than use the full 30 hours to air out this radical and her record and how disgusting she has been on child predation. Instead of using all of that time, they all went along with a much shorter uh, time period for them to, to go through this process. You better believe that all the Democrats use their time. Ah, oh, they used their full time, no problem. So we had all of our Republican senators saying, oh, a truncated discussion about Judge Jackson and her record is fine. And then you've got the three rhinos who we will destroy, 
career-ending vote here. All three of them actually voted for her confirmation. So knowing that they would, knowing that these three Republican losers would vote for her, the rest of the Republicans chose to vote no quickly and then go on their Easter break. That's right. The Senate is on their Easter break. They're off this week. They're on vacay. This is how the GOP operates. It is pathetic. It starts with Mitch McConnell, but it's all the way down. And we've got a few really good ones in there, but I mean, they're few and far between, right? This is how the Republican Party operates. It is so beyond pathetic. They missed a major moment this week, a major moment. They should have used all of their time, just like the Democrats did, and they should have used that time to try at least to inoculate the court against her hard-left activism, the leniency on child predators, and, and talking to the people that they're supposed to represent, all of us, about how they view Judge Jackson, how they view the court, how they think she's going to behave, what an outrage it is. They should have used their time, their allotted time, and of course, they didn't do it. The rest of us are here at the ramparts, standing and fighting relentlessly for our values and our freedoms and the Constitution. The left is moving relentlessly to install this this enemy of all of those things on the Supreme Court, and our side gives away all of our time. This is what I mean about we've got to destroy these people uh, electorally. We really do. We ain't got time to bleed. We just, we got to move forward and make sure that for those three who voted for this this, uh, new Supreme Court justice, that there is no mercy, no mercy on these people. If we are going to stand a chance of taking our country back, we can't go soft. There is no more time for that. We're done. This is the new right. Getting back to elections, I want to talk and then we'll, we'll get to your emails here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about where we are electorally. You heard a lot from John McLaughlin and what he is seeing in terms of polls. But we've also got concrete electoral evidence coming in from a lot of deep blue places that look pretty good uh, for Republicans. And again, when I talk about Republicans winning this race, these races, we do have a lot of good people who have stepped up. So I'm not condemning the whole party. I'm condemning those who have been in office a long time. They're long in the tooth. They're still partying like it's 1998. They haven't gotten with the program. They hate Trump. They're still fighting that old battle. I mean, it's, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the new wave of normal people who just want to take their country back. That's what's going to win it for us in November, assuming the GOP doesn't blow it here. The normals, us deplorables, us thought criminals, we're the ones who are going to save the country because we're the ones stepping up, particularly for local offices. This is really critical. And we, you know, we're going to talk about this as we go through the year because we have seen this now over the past year. Something really big is happening with voters And a lot of it, I think, is happening because the people who are stepping up to save their communities, their states, the country, are one of us. 
they're our neighbors, they're our friends, they're running for school board, they're running for city council, they're running for town council, aldermen, they are one of us. And we see ourselves and our neighbors running to try to take back their school board or take back their town. And it's a beautiful thing to see. It is exactly what the founding fathers intended for, for public office, that normal people would leave behind their, their regular jobs and their regular lives, and they would go in and, and serve. So we're seeing this now happening across the country. It's completely destroying progressive Democrats, too, who are deliberately inflicting this nightmare on the country. But now they're paying a price for it. Just this last week in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which was the the scene of all the riots and looting in the summer of 2020 after the murder of George Floyd, well, there was a state uh, race for state representative, and the Republican made public safety and crime her key issue. This is for county executive. This is the first time a Republican has won that seat in a quarter of a century, 25 years. She made crime as a centerpiece of her campaign. Get this, Republicans also won the county executive position in Portage County in Wisconsin. The last time Portage went Republican for president was 1956 when Eisenhower was running. That long ago, okay? School board races in uh, Waukesha saw three incumbents defeated by conservatives, three. One of the winners, who's a Catholic school teacher, he campaigned against Black Lives Matter, and he's black. He won. You have another town, Norman, Oklahoma, who had a special election this week. It's a university town, very liberal and a very red state. The mayor there responded to COVID with outdoor mask mandates, closing uh, all kinds of public spaces, and she cut the city's police budget. You know what? This week, she was defeated by her Republican challenger. So yes, a red tsunami is absolutely coming, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be epic. Of course, that assumes that all of these races are clean, which again, election integrity is, is critical but we're seeing this now happening across the board in local and state elections where normal people are stepping up saying, I want my community back from these radicals. I want my state back, my country back, and nobody else is going to do it but me. And that's why you're seeing, you know, not just this past week, but think about over the last year, we saw Virginia flip, the Virginia gubernatorial uh, election went red, so did the state house there. In New Jersey, which is, I grew up in New Jersey, terribly corrupt. The Democrat governor there almost lost. I would argue he did lost and lose, and they stole it from, you know, from the Republican candidate there, but he came very, very close. Um, then you're seeing places like New York, four city council seats elected for Republicans, Chicago, San Francisco, Uh, Other places, deep blue, where school boards, city council seats, going Republican. And there's a reason why, because we are the new right, we don't put up with the nonsense anymore, and we've had enough. All right, don't forget to email me. 
The email address is monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, tune in every show to see if I read your email on the air. Let's get right to it and let's say hi to Bruce who says, Oh, that reminder was great, Monica. When Brexit won in 2016, I thought the same as you and thought there was hope for the West. The battle for the next generation is going to be against the globalists. They are moving fast and getting dangerous. Indeed, Bruce, I call them the Schwabies after Klaus Schwab, who is the head of the World Economic Forum. These are the globalists who are working around the clock to inflict the Great Reset on the world. And uh, the Schwabies are relentless. They are communists in different clothes. Uh, They've approached it in a different way, and they've had big success so far. So you, me, all of the people running for school board, pushing back on CRT and other cultural Marxism, we're the ones standing in the breach. All right, let's go right back to the emails. Paul writes, hi, Monica, love the new podcast. Well, thank you, Paul. He said, surprised you didn't include the McLaughlin Group in your impressive list of credentials. McLaughlin is where I first discovered you. Would love to hear some behind-the-scenes stories about Father John and your time on the panel. Keep fighting the good fight. Well, Paul, thank you very much. I was very proud of my time on the McLaughlin Group, which was a legendary show. Actually, the McLaughlin Group was the first political panel show. John McLaughlin, who used to be a priest, he's since passed away, um, but he created what we now know as the political panel show. Now it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. But Father John is the one who came up with the idea, put it on every Sunday on PBS, and I was on that show for years and loved it. It was fantastic, although I must say, Eleanor Clift was my nemesis. Moving on, Les writes, hello, so happy to hear you again. Have fun. Well, thank you very much, Les. I'm having a ball. I appreciate that. Uh, Jeffrey in Pennsylvania writes, Monica, I've listened to conservative talk radio for over 20 years now. Not only Rush Limbaugh, but many others, yourself included. I hear many of these commentators on television and conservative talk radio say that President Biden and his criminal administration are incompetent, insane, crazy, ridiculous, and stupid, or as to paraphrase, as Jackie Childs once said, outrageous, egregious, and preposterous. Yes. He said, thank God you understand, and Mark Levin, Andrew Wilkow, and others said this is a deliberate attempt to destroy our Constitution and thereby the values that have created it and remake America in another socialist utopian image. Absolutely, Jeffrey. He says, keep preaching it, Monica, and I will keep praying that you and your message wake up patriotic Americans. Well, Jeffrey, I appreciate the kind words very much, and you can always, always count on me. I will never, ever let you down. I am the ultimate happy warrior so glad to have you with me. Thank you so much. Another great Monica Crowley podcast. Have a fantastic weekend. We've got an unbelievable week next week coming up of shows. So please subscribe, tell all of your friends, uh, download, listen in, and I will see you on the flip side. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.